Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Amazing Clarks podcast. My name is Anthony Clark. And I'm Melanie Clark. And we are the Amazing Clarks. We're certified life and love coaches, and we've been happily married and passionately in love for almost 30 years. Today, we're going to start off with uh, leading off with something we were talking about on a previous episode. Melanie was complaining that she was upset because really? I wasn't going to bed. Really, was I complaining? Um, she was. She was. Expressing venting. my needs, she maybe. Was, yeah, you were vent. Yeah, you were expressing your needs, her yeah. desire to have me come let's to keep, bed. Let's keep it positive. Let's so, keep it positive. So let's recap. So why why were you upset again? Oh, why were you venting again? Expressing my expressing needs. Your needs, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was expressing my need for you to sleep with me, so I could cuddle with you and hug your booty. That's what I was expressing. Right. Is that is that wrong? No, that was it was beautiful. And actually, I was up all night working. We've got a lot of projects going on, and so I haven't been going to bed. And Melanie goes to bed, t- you know, eleven, twelve o'clock, and I'm up to four o'clock in the morning. And she's used to sleeping with me, and so it started to get. You know, she started to get irritated. I could tell when she'd wake up, a little like, <laughs> and it's like, why are you up? Why don't you come to bed? And it's like, yo, babe, I'm working. And so she was upset, but I was explaining to her that I have to work in order for us, you know, to keep, to continue to blow up our projects. And so she put in the request. And did I listen? Did our husband hear her? Yes, I did. Won't he do it? <laughs> yes, he, <laughs> yes, he will. Yes. So I'm happy to report that over the last week, I've been going to bed. With my wife, I haven't been staying up to four o'clock in the morning, and we've been cuddling. Yes. Are you feeling better about that? I feel way better about it. I'm really happy, but you know, we got to keep it real. You having trouble sleeping. Yeah. So you're tossing and turning. Yeah. So, which means I have trouble sleeping now too. Yeah. (laughs) So now back in bed. Right. So we solved one problem, (laughs) but now we can't sleep. Literally, all night long. Yep. Like every night, we we're up at least. 10 times a night. Yeah. You know, just we can't sleep and we're tossing and turning and we just can't get comfortable. No offense, but when I, when I did sleep on a couch, it was pretty comfortable. Nothing against you. <laughs> it had nothing to do with you. But it's just that it was just kind of weird. So hopefully tonight we'll get some good sleep. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I always want to keep it positive, Anthony. So I'm going to say this from my perspective, I'm okay with us waking up all night because every time I wake up, I get to kiss you. I get to cuddle you. I get to smell you. I'm, I'm okay with it. Do you notice that I kiss your back every time I turn over? We do this, we do this dance, right? Like he turns and then I hug his back and we cuddle and then we do that for a little bit, and then he turns, the then mambo. I turn, then I turn, and then he hugs me, and we cuddle. But it's, every time we go to your side, I kiss your back. It, and I do the same thing to you. Yes, and I love you do. It. It's literally That's, like, it's like a dance. If so you, what if, are we complaining about? If we could put a camera on, on us and watch and put some like slow ballroom dancing music to it, what? it would be beautiful. Let's be, do that. Because it's just like back and forth, and we don't even say it. We just like, when I, when I move, she moves. Just, just like, like that. that? Just like that. <laughs> and it's beautiful. So, yes. you know, and I, so you couples out there, um, do you guys like sleeping with your partner? I'm curious about that. Mm, I love sleeping with you. Yeah. Let us know. It's my I'm really curious about that. Let us know, people. So, I'm, I'm glad I asked to have my needs met. They're met. And I got more than what I asked for. I get cuddles, I get kisses, and I get to wake up all night and see you. Right. Okay. You know what? This is a, actually a perfect segue. Yes. When Melanie came to me and she asked me to, come to bed and even though I could tell she was irritated and at first it started to irritate me because it was like I felt like you know I was being accused of you know doing something wrong and it was like I'm working what are you what are you, why are you getting irritated but then I checked myself I caught myself because I realized that 
when she was asking me to come to bed, she really meant it on a deeper level. And I realized that that was her inner child. And we're going to talk about that on today's show. We're going to talk about the inner child. And when her inner child, I saw that it showed up and she needed something, I realized that this is really, really, really important. So I have to be really open-minded and, and to see what I can do to accommodate her inner child. And so some of you guys talk, are thinking like, what the hell is he talking about, inner child? Right. Well, we're going to break it down to you. And a lot of you guys, I'm going to tell you right now, in marriage, in relationships, and in life in general, but we're going to talk about relationships and marriage today. In marriage, you better know about your inner child. You better know about your partner's inner child because it will either make or break your relationship, make or break your marriage. And so today we're going to break it down to you. With all of our clients that we coach, that we've been coaching over 22 years, we teach them the inner child because the inner child is what helps us to make the decisions we make. It's what motivates us to make the choices we make and how we respond and how we act to our partners. Well, I want to add to that. When I made my request to have my needs met, your inner child showed up. True. And true. got it got defensive. Like, yeah. uh, you think I'm being a bad boy and yes. you're I'm in trouble. And mm-hmm. it wasn't about you being in trouble. I just wanted something. So, yes, yes that yes. that whole situation did have some inner child activity going on with it. Okay, so let's break it down. So why don't you start them off with the inner child? Like, let's take them through it. What What's the inner child and why is it important to couple for couples to know this? Well, first of all, when you're in a relationship, you're not just in a relationship with your partner, you're in a relationship with their inner child. And their inner child is their past. It is the part of them that sustained trauma. The things that happened in their childhood that are unresolved will show up in their adult life, and they're always trying to resolve it. So the inner child is that part of you that doesn't have resolution from the trauma, maybe with parents, it could be with siblings, it could be whatever the story is, the child takes on a perspective, the inner child takes on a perspective and shows up at times of triggering like people talk about like oh I was triggered that's what being triggered is there was something in your past that happened and then it brought it back to the surface right can you give them an example so my inner child was very traumatized um, by my mother because she just had this thing that she always used to say that I was lying and that I wasn't being honest and she would always call me a liar so when I grew up I noticed I started to notice I didn't notice for a while I started to notice whenever someone didn't believe me or if someone called me a liar or if someone doubted my word, I would either shut down or become really, really agitated and emotional. And it would really hurt me deeply. And I didn't know why that was such a trigger for me. And then when I thought back about my childhood, being called a liar was followed by a beating. So whenever someone in say, today's environment would say that it would trigger that aspect of me that received beatings from being called a liar. So I would feel it. I would feel that energy like I either need to protect myself. It would activate my amygdala. So I would Mm. go through the fight, flight, or freeze response because of those triggers. Right. And so in in a marriage, the way it plays out, so say, for example, there were times like, so Melanie is brilliant. Melanie's on point. Melanie's compassionate. Melanie, the adult, is amazing. That's who I married. That's my wife. But then as the relationship went on, like she said, let's say even joking wise or did you do this or did you not say that? And And sometimes she would just go off and it's like, whoa, whoa, why are you going off? 
And then the more sense I try to talk to her, the more she goes off. And it's like, whoa, whoa, where's this coming from? And so later on, she'd calm down. It's like, do you remember that? Remember this? Like, no. It was like, wait a minute, what's going on? Am I tripping? Am I going crazy? But then one day I realized that that wasn't Melanie, my adult, brilliant, beautiful wife. That was her inner child. That was little Melanie, the little girl that was in foster care, a little girl that the world couldn't wait to kick her butt and to abuse her. And, and so every version of us that ever existed, every single version of every one of us that ever existed, energetically is just as alive as we are today. It's just as alive as we are today. We've been taught that time is linear. It's not. We're infinite beings. We're energetic beings. So it's not linear, like one year, two year, three years. It's a circle. It's infinity. Every version of you, version of you energetically is alive. So when you think about yourself at seven years old or 10 years old or even last week, you can recall all the memories, all the, the smells, the sounds, the emotions. Your body will even respond as if it's real again because that version of you energetically is still just as alive as you are today. So what would happen was that every now and then when Melanie would get triggered because she felt that I was, or me or someone else was accusing her of being a liar, being dishonest, she would leave the building and that inner child would show up, up that little girl. And that little girl, little Melanie, that version of her is not privy to the life that she has today. So that little girl still stuck in time freaking out, worried about, am I going to be okay? Who's going to protect me? Am I going to survive? Does anyone love me? Why am I alone? With all of that, that drama and that pain and that fear. So whenever Melanie, the adult, got triggered, that little girl would show up with that energy. And so here I am, I realized, trying to talk sense into her, but this was the little girl that was traumatized that I'm trying to talk sense into. And the last thing a little girl in that situation needs is someone trying to talk sense into her. In that situation, what that little girl needs, little Melanie, is to feel safe, to feel heard, to feel secure. And so I realized that when she showed up, I had to have a different relationship with little Melanie than I did with big Melanie. I had to have a relationship, learn to build a relationship with both of them. So when she would show up, I've learned to not react to the things she did and said, and said, not to take it personal. It's like your child. If your child is traumatized, they're going to say some things that's going to be a little off the hook. But they don't really mean it. That's just part of the trauma. But what typically tends to happen is that once Melanie says something, little Melanie shows up and says something that's offensive, that's hurtful, then little Anthony shows up. Yes, he does. And now you got two kids trying to solve adult-ass problems. It ain't going to happen. No, it ain't going to happen. And that's what happens with most couples. So what I did at that point is as I, little Melanie learned to love and trust me and feel safe with me, the more she healed and the more she learned to love me. And then the more she learned to love me, the more adult Melanie learned to trust and love me. So you're building a relationship with more than just one person. And I guarantee you guys, if you're in a relationship, you are seeing your partners in a child. You may not realize it, but it is there. And that's why things don't make sense to you. That's why you can't find resolutions to conflict that you have. But now, likewise, I have my own inner child. And Melanie's going to show you how that played out. So real quick, let me give you the backdrop of my inner child. Little Anthony grew up in Brooklyn. And little Anthony was very nice and sweet to people. But then people took advantage of him as a little kid. And he felt like they didn't appreciate him. After that, I had to develop a really hard edge I had to become a predator to, to overcompensate for that. So then as an adult, whenever I felt like someone was not appreciating me, 
or disrespecting me, where most people, would, their response would be like a, a three or four, mine would be a 10 or 13. And maybe I wouldn't just blow up, but I maybe would shut down. There was more shutting down than blowing up. When little Anthony shows up, he literally is like a little boy. He pulls away. He shuts down. He doesn't want to talk. He wants to be by himself. And he actually expresses that he's hurt. That hurt my feelings. And I think in, in addition to him showing up when you when you feel disrespected, he shows up when someone challenges your intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if yeah, if you if someone challenges what your intentions are in a situation, little Anthony definitely shows mm-hmm. up. And for me, learning to recognize when little Anthony showed up was so helpful in our relationship because whenever you would shut down, my tendency would be to want to go in like, okay, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's work through it. Let's see what we need to do. Let's get to the other side of it. Let's resolve it. You know, cause I'm a good girl and you know, good girls want to get to the good stuff again. So <laughs> I was trying to get us back to normal, but that just made him more upset and more shut down. So I learned, I just thought about a child, right? Like I have a son. Well, my son is, you know, unhappy when he was little and his feelings were hurt. He would pull away, but he wanted to be left alone. And if I just left him alone for a little while, he'd take a nap or whatever. I'd wait a little bit and then come back and say, do you want a cookie? Are you hungry? Do you want something to eat, baby? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I just started doing the same thing with you. I would just back off and leave you alone and work on me work on my energy because the same thing would happen when I'd see you triggered, it would trigger me. And Mm -hmm. I just want to add to this conversation. It's not your responsibility. How do I say it? It, Yeah. It's not your responsibility to heal little Melanie. It's definitely helpful for you to love her and recognize her and be nurturing and kind and compassionate. So important, but it's my job to heal her. So whenever I would trigger your inner child, it would give me like notice, right? Like Mm -hmm. you need to work on your inner child too, girl. You need to go have a talk with her. You need to soothe her. You need to let her know everything's okay. Yeah. And that's a really important point because some of you are thinking like, oh, so what does that mean? Whenever my partner, you know, gets upset, they can just be like, my inner child's here. Now I got to get it passed. No, we're not saying that at all. And in fact, what we're going to do today also is teach you how to heal your inner child for yourself. How do you can do it? Let's do it. All right, so now, people, we're going to take you on a journey, all right? So open up your minds, because we're going to plant some stuff in there that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. Okay, so everybody's going to have their childhood traumas. And in most cases, when you got that trauma, whatever it was, odds are you didn't know how to resolve it because you were a child. And odds are you didn't have the, your family didn't have the resources, the understanding, the know-how to help you to solve it. So when that happens, the ego helps you to create, it creates a crutch for you. It doesn't solve the issue, but it, it gives you a way to try to get around it. Like, you know what? Just act really tough or just act like things don't bother you or just push people away from you. Whatever that st- the strategy is, it's a Band-Aid. And that Band-Aid's going to, it may work for you. And having a Band-Aid is better than nothing. So it may get you through to a certain point in life. What we found through our coaching is that Usually at about 20, in your 20s, 30s, that Band-Aid has to, it starts coming off. That dirty-ass crutch, that dirty-ass Band-Aid that you put on before, that not to hit to solve the problem, but just a temporary fix, 
you get to a crossroad at a certain point in life, and life goes, take that dirty ass Band-Aid off. You try to put it back on, and it goes, nope, take it off. Nope, now it's time for you to really solve the real issue. When that happens, that's when it's time to do the inner child work. Definitely time. And I just want to add a lot of times that shows up in relationships. And the reason it shows up in relationships is because your partner's your mirror. Mm -hmm. You can't always see yourself. You can't always hear yourself. You don't always see how you're showing up. So your partner is responding to you and they see aspects of you that you can't see. And once they see this part of yourself, of you, they could show it to you. Like Anthony said, it was almost like I checked out and then I'd come back like, okay, we're good now, right? And he'd be like, you freaked out a little bit. And I was like, I did? I mean, I know I was upset, but I didn't know that I really freaked out. Or I would notice it because I would cry uncontrollably or I would feel it in my body. So your partner becomes the mirror so that you could see that aspect of yourself. It's like I said before, every version of us energetically still exists. I'll use me for an example. What I did to start healing my inner child, I got a picture of myself at that age when I first could remember that trauma. And for me, it was around seven or eight years old. Now, let's say there's a tree and something's wrong with the leaf on the tree. You can treat that tree and that'll heal it temporarily. But if you want to do a better job, treat the branch. That'll heal the branch, which will heal the leaf. But if you really want to do a great job, go to the root. You want to go to the root of the tree, heal the root of the tree, and that'll heal the entire tree. So your inner child is the root, the root of you. And so... If you heal that inner child, it heals, it starts to heal all of you. So what I did, now, imagine, like I said, time is like a circle, not linear, it's a circle, like a clock. So you can go forward on that circle energetically, mentally, or you can go backwards in time. Now, some of you, your minds are too closed, and you're going to be like, what? What the hell is he talking about? This is too deep, and I get that. That's okay. But for those of you that really want to reap the benefits of this, hang in there with me. Now, what I did was to visualize little Anthony back in time at seven years old when he's in the room crying, saying, nobody loves me. I don't want to be in this world. I hate everybody. I wish I was never born. And he's just in tears. I remember that energy. So I had the picture. And then I visualized going back to little Anthony. And I said, hey, Anthony, it's me. It's you. I came back from the future to let you know we're okay. We did it. And I know you're in a lot of pain. I know you're hurting. I know you feel like there's no hope in life. But I'm here to give you a different perspective. Now, keep in mind, little Anthony is seeing the world through the eyes of a child. If you go back into that same situation with your adult eyes, you're going to see so much more than that version of you saw, that little child. So when I went back with my adult eyes, I could see so much more. Then I started coaching little Anthony. Little Anthony, here's what I want you to do. Tell me what's going on. And he let it out. My mommy doesn't love me and nobody appreciates me and everybody takes advantage of me. And my, my sisters and brothers beat me up. So that was his story. And that story caused a lot of pain. But then my job was to show him a different story. So after I let him get it all out, I explained to him, okay, Anthony, I know, I know, I know you're hurting, but I'm going to show you a different story. Now, first of all, let's talk about mommy. You feel like mommy doesn't love you because she's not there for you a lot because she's always busy. And she doesn't come to your games. And you don't have the clothes that you want to wear. Kids make fun of you. But let me give you a different story. Mommy's not there because mommy's working all the time. Because she wants to make sure that you guys don't go into the system because she's a single mother. And she has five kids. And she's only in her 20, early, tw in the mid-20s. 
And so she had to work. And that's the way she was showing her love for you. You remember all your friends that went who whose mothers and parents left and they had to go into the to the system? Yeah, he remembered that. And I was like, okay, she didn't do that to you. And she worked because that was her way of showing you love. So Anthony didn't look at it like that before. So when I showed them a different story, it changed the way he felt. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So that made him feel better. Then the next one was, well, my brothers and sisters, they beat me up. They don't like me. Okay, that story doesn't feel good, right? I'm going to give you a different story. I don't know streets of Brooklyn. It's tough, right? Yeah. What happens when you go out there? People try to beat you up and rob you, even kill you. Yeah. So they were picking on you because they wanted to teach you to fight because you didn't want to fight. And eventually you did fight and they taught you. And then what happened? I was able to protect myself when I went on the street. Right. So they did love you. They was just showing to you a different way. So I went on and on and on and on and showed him so many things and, and di- that he didn't see it. He couldn't. He, he saw it, the story that he created was causing more trauma. So I gave him a story that made him feel better, that made him feel loved, that made him feel appreciated because he was. And so the more I did that for him, the more I literally felt it. He was healing and I was healing. Then I brought him to the future with me to show him the life that we have now. And I was like, look at little Anthony, look at our life, our beautiful wife, our beautiful kids, our beautiful careers. We're in California. We got muscles. Look at this. <laughs> and he loved it. And the more he loved it, the more I could feel him healing, the more it healed me. Then I let him go after like a week. Now, you're not going to do this exercise in front of people. Trust me. Because, of course, they're going to think you're crazy. Please don't. Please don't do that. This is something that's very personal that you have to do in <laughs> private. So then I released him and said, little Anthony, if you ever need me, come back. If you have any more traumas that pop up. And he did. And every now and then he still comes back. But then there's little Anthony at nine. There's a trauma at 15. There's a trauma at 20 and on and on. So it's life work. But something really interesting happened. I hadn't spoken to my mother for a while. And I was holding a grudge against her. We hadn't spoken for a couple of years. And after I did that work, I realized that my mother, not only was she not a bad person, she was a hero. Because she raised five kids on her own in Brooklyn at a young age. And yes, she made a, you know, cut corners and did what she had to do. But she was Mama Grizzly Bear. And her job was to make sure that her cubs survived. And she did it. And so at that moment, I text my mother and said, hey, I just want to let you know I love you and I appreciate everything that you did for us. You don't have to reach back out. She reached back out immediately and she sent me a picture, the same exact picture that I had doing my inner child work. And she said, I love you too, Amp. The same exact picture. So we're all connected. When I did that work, it helped not only to heal me, but heal her. And our relationship now is better than ever before. Can you say picture one more time for me? Picture. I love, picture. I love that accent. <laughs> You're adorable. Thank you. And love your you. inner child is adorable. He, and he loves you too. Oh, I love him too. And so, you guys, I, I want to explain to you that everyone has childhood traumas, even if you don't know it. They're in your subconscious. And the reason that everyone has them is because the... The child does not develop the frontal lobe, the front part of their brain, which is responsible for discernment until literally late 20s to early 30s. So what happens is without that part of the brain, children look at everything that's happening as if it's happening to them. Like if a parent is upset, right, having a bad day and comes in and, you know, throws down their keys, the kid's like, I was bad, they're mad at me. 
So everything happening, the child is perceiving it as if it's happening to them. And they can't see, oh, mommy had a bad day or mommy's just tired. Mm -hmm. And so everyone has the same type of perception until they become adults. And it's really amazing how people cope with those traumas. Some people bury them. They just forget that they have them. Some people incorporate them into their life. And that's just part of who they are and part of their personality. So this inner child work, you do it whenever there's something that just keeps happening in your life consistently, consistently, consistently. You'll see it as a pattern. That's what patterns are. So for me, like Anthony said, like you'll know, I, I grew up in foster care. I went back with my family later on, but I started out in foster care. And especially when I was little, like a toddler, I was in this one home till I was six years old, from a baby to six years old. And I was one of five foster children, and they had um, a daughter. The foster parents, lovely people, they had a daughter of their own, and then they had five foster children. But what was interesting, and I know they didn't know any better, was the foster children were dressed in hand-me-downs, and we all slept in the same room with multiple bunk beds, and their daughter had a beautiful canopy bed with little pink roses, mm. and she wore pretty dresses and lace socks and white shoes, and it was like living with a princess, and I was the peasant. Mm. And I got to watch the princess grow up and played piano. And I remember that I used to, if I was a good girl, I got to sit on the floor, the wooden floor in the den, and watch her play piano. And I didn't realize what an impact that experience had on me until one day I was coaching a client and she described something similar, right? Like sitting on a wood flo wooden floor. And that memory of that time in my life came flooding back to me. And I felt everything that little Melanie felt. She felt shamed. She felt not enough. She felt poor. She felt just thrown away, abandoned, mm -hmm. not wanted, just not enoughness. And I realized that all of the imposter syndrome that I battled, you know, most of my life, all of the depression, a lot of that came from that perspective because I was comparing myself to her as a little girl. It definitely affected my money energy. Oh my goodness, mm. it affected my money energy. So when Anthony says like when we were sleeping and that when I expressed my needs and I was upset, yeah, that was my inner child triggered. Anthony and I are super close. We do everything together. We, we're always together. Um, <laughs> we're, we hold hands all the time. We're like connected. We're like really, really connected. So when he doesn't come and sleep with me, it's like I'm on my own again. So definitely little Melanie showed up and felt abandoned. Like, why aren't you with me? You're always with me. I need mm. you back. Come back. So the inner child you guys, is really the way that Anthony described it. He did like a visualization, right? He used a photo. He talked to himself in his car while he was driving little Anthony around. I'm sure people thought he was crazy. I didn't let him drive. You didn't let him drive. He was a passenger. Yeah. And then when I did my work, I did it a little bit differently than Anthony did it. I did mine through meditation. I connected with little Melanie in meditation, and I just had a talk with her. And I just let her know that we were born in a really volatile time, and our mom was going through a lot of things and she had a lot of pain and she just was not able to take care of us. And the people that took us in did the best that they could and that they did not know that that scenario would create a worthiness issue in me. And they were just trying to love me. 
And then I let him know we saw that girl later on when she was all grown up and she wasn't all that. So that's okay too. Ta-da. How you like me now? Ta-da. <laughs> We're all right, girl. We made it through. That's right. But I, I finished the meditation and then at the end I did the same thing that Anthony did. I told her I loved her. I will always be here for her. And I released her to go with my dad, um, who has transitioned on the other side. I'm like, you gonna get to hang out with daddy for eternity. And he really loves you. And so if you need me, or if you have more things that you need to resolve, you just let me know and I'm here for you. And it literally cleared so much of that energy. I felt lighter. And I didn't get so triggered by little things. Like if I hadn't done that work and you're not sleeping with me the other day, a whole story would have sprung from that of why you're doing that to me and you're doing it on purpose and you know what I need. But I don't do that anymore. I don't need to make up those stories because I know who you are. I know your intention. And I've cleared that victim energy in myself. Yes. And like I said earlier, there are different versions of us. So every these traumas that you've had at 10, 16, maybe even yesterday, maybe even today. All of those, those, that trauma, if you don't clear it, it's going to catch up to you. It's definitely yes. going to catch up to you. So you want to learn to release it all. And you're going to coach yourself. So, so a lot of people I'll get sometimes, it'll be like, well, you know, I made peace with things in my life and everything's okay with me. But your inner child is not privy to the life that you have now. Your inner child does not know all the work that you did. That inner child is still stuck in time in that same trauma. You can't just be like, oh, well, I know it. Yeah, you know it, but they don't know it. And we always say, would you let a child run your life? People say no. But in a lot of cases, that's what's happening. Your inner child is running a life, your life. Your inner child is influencing the decisions and choices that you're making. And it's not an adult. It's a child. So I really highly recommend that you guys look more into the inner child work if you're interested in, in it. You can reach out to us if you'd like. We'd be more than happy to help you guys with it. We coach people on that all the time. And the bottom line, too, is have fun with it. Feel good about it. It's a very spiritual, cleansing, empowering experience. And it's going to bring you and your partner closer together if you're a couple. And if you're single, it'll actually, by you doing that work, it'll actually help to help you to attract a partner, your ideal partner, even faster. Yes. So uh, it's also called shadow work. Um, a lot of people call it shadow work. So if you look it up, you'll see all kinds of videos on it. Like we said, it's a huge part of our coaching. It's one of the ways that we help people get closer to each other in relationships. Their inner child, their inner children start playing together instead of fighting together. That's the goal. We want the inner child to love, to feel loved and appreciated the same way the adult feels loved and appreciated. Yes. Good, good job. Good job. All right, people. There you go. Look at that. You guys learned about your inner child today. Now you know how to heal your inner child. Don't try to heal your partners. Just work on yourself. And remember, it's self-love. Every version of yourself. Yes. On that note, babe, I will be sleeping with you again tonight. So let your inner child know that it's you. See, all right, I got her. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. All right, people. So thanks for tuning in to the Amazing Clocks podcast and joining our love revolution on our home, the Black Love Podcast Network. And remember to rate and review and follow so that you never miss an episode. See you next time. See you next time.